This is Leafs Breakfast. And the pass off escape. Turn back now and Edmonton back in with McDavid. Going wide and a shot scores! Connor McDavid with the quickness comes across and he catches Samsonov opening up, moving from left to right. And McDavid has scored twice and the Oilers lead 2-1. to one. No holy Mackinaws from Joe Bowen last night. The Toronto Maple Leafs lose 5-2, although maybe McDavid's worthy of a holy Mackinaw. I know he plays for the Edmonton Oilers, but the way that this guy performed last night and has all season long, I think it's worthy of a holy Mackinaw. What say you, Dave Festchuk of the Toronto Star? Yeah, that's a holy Mackinaw. That's a holy Mackinaw. GTA <laughs> guy. And what, what, a, what a performance and, and what, a, what, a, what a player. Do you think, Dave, like this guy is capable of a carrying a hockey team on his back like an NBA player would? And, and that's the comparison I made. He's like the LeBron James right now, where LeBron year after year got his team to the NBA Finals. And McDavid, yeah. the way he's playing this year, and this is no slight on him. I mean, he's on pace for 69 goals. He's never scored 50 in a season. He's a I completely know. different player this year than he ever has been. I mean, and he just showed it last night. No, I've been the dummy. I've been the dummy on these airwaves saying, "Oh, he's going to slow down, guys. He's never, he's never done this. Like he's, <laughs> he's going to slow down for sure." And yet he keeps going out there on a nightly basis and and popping them. And another two last night. Like the thing I love about this guy and Carlo, you you can relate to this better than we can, is that so many nights we watch the local team play. You watch any NHL team play, and it's as though ah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. It's just another night. Just another night cashing a check. This guy goes out there every night and wants to destroy the yeah. opponent. He wants to put pucks through the twine. And I, I just love that. I just don't think we see enough of it. And, and you would think that, you know, with some of the Maple Leafs top players that watch that and watch it, you know, firsthand last night, they would understand, too, that, you know, even some days when you're not at your best, you should you could still be driven as he is. I mean, the thing that blows me away about McDavid is, like, we all talk about, you know, having fun and enjoying the life and stuff like that. This guy doesn't look like he's having much fun. He barely cracks a smile. Yeah. But you look at the score sheet at the end of the night, and this guy's completely dominated <laughs> the game. So, I know. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of, of yesterday's game, Dave. Obviously, I'm not criticizing it too much because it's almost like one of those spots in the schedule where – you know, maybe you'd expect a performance like this, especially given everything the list Leafs team has gone through the last couple of days. I mean, the team gave them a couple of days off in Seattle. They went to a Springsteen concert. They did some team bonding. They've made some changes in, in with their group, adding some new guys. You know, seeing some guys leave. You know, is it safe to say to come, or is it safe to come in this morning and have a built-in excuse for this group, or you know, is it does it warrant the criticism that they're getting? I'm just shocked that these guys went to Seattle. They saw Bruce Springsteen, who at the age of 73 brings it every night, by the way, always <laughs> on the road. Every game's a road game for Springsteen. And they couldn't at least draw a little bit of inspiration from Mr. Glory Days himself and bring it in Edmonton, man. I'm shocked by that. It's a good point. And Springsteen also plays like two and a half, three hour shows, too. Like he's yeah. not mailing it at any point in time, and he's bringing the heat night after night. And that is something the Toronto Maple Leafs did not do last night. Chrissy, why don't we cue up Sheldon Keefe, who discussed what went wrong last night, and we can take it from there. We just didn't play with any purpose or intelligence. How much of that can you chalk up? Zero. 
There you go. So he, I think what he was going to talk about is all the changes, and right. that was yeah, the question Luke from the Fox was trying to try yes. and answer, ask a question yeah. about how much do you chalk up to the fact that we've liquidated thirty three percent of our roster and brought a bunch <laughs> of new guys. Uh, yeah, you're right, but Sheldon keeps right. I mean, but but if you're Kyle Dubis. It's one game, and you got 21 left, and then obviously, you know, seven more big ones, hopefully, or maybe, hey, four if you can win them in, in, in succession. But, you know, the question is, you know, you go out, you're Kyle Dubas, you did the Springsteen. Like, you left it all on the stage. You, you're spilling, and you may, you may even leave a little more before tomorrow at 3 p.m., and your team gives you this. Like, that's not a great early return. Like, it's not exactly a, a message that I want to receive as a GM that I went out and Brandon Pridham did cap gymnastics like the U.S. Women's National Team winning gold medals <laughs> at the Olympics. And the best they can do is go out and get blasted 5-2 in Edmonton. I mean, that's not yeah. a great it's not a great early start, but hey, it's early at least. No, and you make a great point because, you know, we were touching earlier how a team like Ottawa, you know, played their asses off this week and basically sent a message to their GM and said, go out and get us a defenseman because we're not giving up on this season. And it's almost like Kyle Dubas hasn't gotten any sleep the last couple of days. And the, the players yesterday basically said, oh, thanks, but no thanks, right? Right. Um, so if you're Kyle Dubas today and you see that performance last night, maybe you had things that you were looking at that you were thinking to yourself, okay, I've got some time to you know, think if I want to pull the trigger on this, does it change his thought process on making another move? Like, where do you stand? I think he's still got at least one or two moves left in him. I don't think they're going to be anything big or drastic like he has completed so far. I think you just look at their defense, nine defense. I mean, Gustafson has never played a game with this team. Is he a guy that they ultimately try to get a draft pick for? Or does Justin Hall, one of those guys, what do you think is going to happen here in the yeah, well, given the fact, Carlo, that we've seen, you know, Kyle Dubas, who's always before this calmly talked about the process, given the fact that the process has essentially morphed into what I would call the panic, because this is a this is a pre-trade deadline fervor like we've rarely seen from a GM. Um, I would not be shocked if he makes more moves. I would not be shocked if he attempts to, as you say, you know, maybe maybe change out some of the guys who've been dead weight, a la Pierre Engvall, uh, whether it's Justin Hall, whether it's, you know, trying to get some insurance in goal, whether it's bringing in Tyler Bertuzzi to give you a little bit more of that physical edge. I mean, nothing would shock me at this point, guys, because no, this is, this is desperation times. This is this is Well, you've committed, you've committed to go this far. Nothing should stop you, right? If you have something more that that you think you can accomplish, yeah, exactly. Like this, this is all or nothing. To use the, yeah, the name of the documentary, <laughs> uh, or you know, or it might be all for nothing, given <laughs> the fact that we've got, given the fact that we've let's got hope six not, years, Dave. Let's hope six not. years of track record in the playoffs to look Please at. Please give us something guys, to celebrate. These guys year. do have a tendency to to fall at the first hurdle. This is Dave Festruck from the Toronto Star. You're listening to Leafs Breakfast here on First Stop, TSN 1050. Dave, you joined us last week. You talked about the Maple Leafs goaltending and how maybe that's something they should be looking to shore up prior to the trade deadline. I think you brought the name Craig Anderson. And listen, Elliot Samsonov did not have a good performance last night. I'm not sure no. how many goaltenders in the National Hockey League would have been able to stop a lot of that stuff, but he wasn't good. That's obvious. Matt Murray, we still don't know what the deal is. It'll be Joseph Wall tonight. In Calgary. Dave, can you tell us what's wrong with Matt Murray? Come on. You have to know somebody <laughs> you have that been knows in the room. what's wrong with Matt Murray. When are we going to see Matt Murray um, back in this team? 
I think, Carlo, for any of us to know what's wrong with Matt Murray, we, we would need multiple PhDs in, in some serious brainwave uh, science. So it's funny you say that because I asked somebody about that a couple days ago. I said, hey, what's up with Matt Murray? And the question or the answer I got back was, oh, it's just Matt Murray being Matt Murray. Well, right. That's reassuring. <laughs> like, well, okay, exactly. Sure. Like you talk about the track record of playoff failure for the Leafs. Like this is not new for Matt Murray. Like you know, like there, there's a reason why he won two cups in Pittsburgh and they ran him out the door. There's a reason why he's no longer in Ottawa. And there's there's probably going to be a reason why he's going to be in three or four more teams uh, lineups before he finishes his career. Because if he makes it that long, who knows? But and and I'm not wishing any you know ill will toward Matt Murray, but it's just the fact that. He, the problem with Matt Murray and the reason I would go get insurance goaltending if I'm running that team is that even if even if he came out and played great, say t- say tonight or whenever he's going to play, we don't we don't know. Nobody knows. The problem is even if he played great for a stretch and he has played great for stretches this season. Let's not forget he's, there's been moments where he's been really good. The problem is that you just don't know in the warm up of Stanley Cup playoff round oh, one God. game four or game seven or whatever game it is he might just say guys i can't go tonight because he's got a track record of saying guys i can't go tonight and he's already done it for the leafs a couple of times this year you heard sheldon keith that one time say he put Ilya samsonov in a terrible spot when he pulled out pulled the shoot late so that's why i just have to go out there and get another insurance guy unless i really believe in joseph wall with an unproven track record even though he's been very good in the ahl so was Garrett Sparks really good in the AHL? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it'll be curious to see. I mean, it's, what would be probably assuring is if Matt Murray can come back and play tonight and at least give Kyle Dubas some confidence knowing that, okay, he's back to health, we can trust him, we can move forward with it. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. I think that's what the – this whole week is represented for the Maple Leafs. You just don't know what they're up to next, right? And uh, we'll see how this plays out here in the next coming days. But how relieved were you to see that Jacob Chikrin finally got traded? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm a huge Chikrin fan. Like, I, I watched him play in the GTHL when he was up here. I think he was playing for the Junior Canadians, and he was an obvious phenom. I mean, he was, you know, dad played in the NHL, and he's he was obviously a great player at a very young age. And was I've always been sort of rooting for him, but yeah, it's this is one of the you know silliest sagas in recent memory. Can you believe of, they waited two years to get a first and two seconds? Like nobody was willing to pay that. Well, considering he's playing for a franchise that currently, I think, is, has constructed a visiting locker room out of curtain rods and black stage curtains. So yeah, embarrassing. It doesn't necessarily shock me, Carlo. You talk about so embarrassing. You talk about a uh, pop-up organization. These guys, these guys are running a pop-up NHL franchise on a college college campus. So the <laughs> fact that it's taken two years to actually get this thing done does not shock me. Yeah, I think the most I don't know, sad part of the whole Chikrin saga ending is just how it ended, how Arizona and their general manager basically couldn't take back any contracts and couldn't retain any salary because either, A, the franchise has no money, they're poor, or two, the owner's just too cheap to ante up any type of money 
in order to improve his team. And that's just really, really sad for the National Hockey League as a whole, especially, Dave, just last week they traded for Shea Weber's retired contract to get to the salary cap floor. And this has been a problem in the NHL for so long. And the fact that that's all Arizona can get, people will critique Bill Armstrong. And maybe he's the GM of the of the Coyotes. Maybe he overplayed his hand. But at the same time, he's being completely hamstrung by a ownership group that is simply unwilling to play ball like every other owner is you're right i mean that's the one thing about you know measuring gms like with with the you can't you know you can't give kyle dubas excuses because he's got every resource but i think with bill armstrong there are some excuses if he points up yeah no no kidding what about uh trying to figure out what vancouver's doing here i mean this is a team (laughs) you know that Came in with a new manager. They got Jim Rutherford there who tried to turn things around. They've been trying to move contracts all year. They maybe jumped the gun on Bo Horvat, considering what these other top players are going for. And then they trade a first-round pick for Philip Ronick yesterday. I go, how about, is this team going through a rebuild? Like, what, what, are, they, what are they doing? It's just, I Don't can't so. understand what Vancouver is doing. They just keep doubling down on dumb. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Like Jimmy Rutherford, look, you, you got to respect Jimmy Rutherford. You don't want to, you don't want to get too snippy with Jimmy Rutherford because he's got he's got cup rings in in the, in you know three cup rings and two of them came in the last you know handful of years in Pittsburgh where he got that team over the finish line. And this guy knows. I think that's the difference though, right? Like it's one thing to take a good team and get them over the finish line. I think Jimmy Rutherford has perfected that art. And it's obviously good to have Crosby, Malkin, Latang in your lineup, but. You know, the, the idea of rebuilding is just it, on the fly with an owner who's never shown the patience to tear it down the way the Leafs did with the Shannon plan. That's tough sledding, Carlo. I, I, do, I do not envy that situation for a GM because you are kind of caught in between. You're in this yeah. nether region, uh, neither up nor down, and, and I think it shows in the moves. Yeah, it's a very curious situation with Vancouver, and I think a lot of fans out there, and Dave, you and I, we both know a lot of guys who cover that team, everyone seemingly very confused by the moves, and I think um, everyone should be confused by the moves, because frankly, uh, they're in a very murky middle spot uh, as far as the Vancouver Canucks go. Thank you for doing this for us, as always. We'll see you tomorrow. You'll be part of TSN 1050's trade deadline coverage at 10 a.m. with Jim Taddy, and it's the Leafs and the Flames tonight. Hopefully, Toronto won't be dancing in the dark this evening oh how i just came up with that i truly one of my finest (laughs) broadcasting moments that is tremendous well maybe they they will maybe they will be born to run and gun tonight all right not bad not bad pretty good good. good. trying to steal my thunder dave (laughs) nice work work. (laughs) all right that's uh, dave festchuk from the toronto star well you'll hear him tomorrow 10 a.m on tsn 1050 we've got a huge third hour of the program ahead we will talk to james dutty we will talk to ian mendez And we'll do it next.